0: Right, let's open our Bibles once again to the book of Second Thessalonians, and we've been covering this rather quickly here, and uh, uh, going through the book of first the books of First and Second Thessalonians. And as we are uh, progressing, we are going to start in chapter two tonight, and, and Paul is going to present a problem, a difficulty most. Uh, of the letters that Paul wrote were addressing problems or difficulties in the churches that the Lord had used him uh, to start. And the church at Colossus, as uh, we've been through that book before, uh, Paul didn't actually start that church, but people had gone out and started that church. And Paul had written them a letter. And uh, we remember that there was a lot of persecution. Paul spent the first chapter Thanking God for what was going on and trying to explain to the Thessalonians, the Thessalonians, uh, if you would, that God is still working even when persecution and times are difficult. Uh, We certainly live in a day when evil is called good and good is called evil, do we not? And uh, how many of you have been listening to all of the wonderful news coverage at the President Bush's senior's funeral this uh, today and yesterday, how wonderful a man he was. And is anybody here alive in 1992? And some of those different things. Uh, I, I just don't remember all that civility. Do you? Uh, you know, what happened here in Thessalonica is nothing new the the devil knows how to deceive and uh, the devil is a liar he never ever tells the truth unless it's going to help him tell another lie and so as long as you have that understanding you you can deal with some of the things that are going on and by the way we're we're not calling the news media the devil or not but uh uh if you're not getting your wisdom and your truth from the word of god then pray tell where are you getting it from and so we'll just leave that one where it is and uh uh what it, what did someone say believe half only half of what you see and not of what nothing of what you hear uh uh i'm not sure that that even works in our day and time and as we go through this chapter we're we're going to find out that Things are going to get worse. That this is the days in which we live. And we start in verse 1. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him. Now, I didn't put the reference here in your outline. But if you go back to First Thessalonians chapter 4... And in verses 13 through 18, Paul says, But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And he goes on to t- tell us about an event that we, ha- we call the rapture of the church, or the removal of the church. And Paul is saying, listen, I am beseeching you by the coming of the Lord, by our gathering together unto Him... Now, I want to tell you something. When Paul uses the word beseech, you have to understand something. He's always looking for specific action. Paul never uses this word when he does not have something in mind that he wants to happen. He, some act, something he wants his people that are serving God to do. So he says, now listen, I am beseeching you, I am begging you by the fact that Jesus is coming and by our gathering together unto him the hope of eternity together with Christ. Now, if if we have any hope, when he was writing Titus, he said, it is the blessed hope, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have hope, as one preacher said, and he said, I'm not looking for the undertaker. He said, I'm looking for the upper taker. He said, I'm waiting for Jesus to come and get me. And Paul had already told the Thessalonians in chapter 4, the first letter, we which are alive and remain. Now, we includes me, meaning the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul expected to be alive when Jesus came back. This is a doctrine we call the eminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means at any moment, Jesus could come to take his church out of this world. There is no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled there is nothing that needs to happen. All that Jesus has to do is sound the trump, declare that voice, and we are going to be caught up together with him in the air. And so, as Paul is talking to them, and now he gets to the heart of the matter, here's what he wants them to do. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or troubled or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Now, does anybody remember the uh, lady, professor, I believe she was from Harvard University, who the week before Easter uh, released a parchment uh, that was supposed to be an ancient parchment, talking about the tomb of Jesus the wife of Mary. Does anybody remember that? I mean, it made every major newspaper in this country. Everybody was talking about it. And and my favorite is the witless, uh, I don't know how else you'd describe this, poor preacher said, even if they found the bones of Jesus, it wouldn't affect my faith. Well, I'll tell you what, if they found the bones of Jesus, we have no faith. The, the Bible is very clear about that we are if the resurrection of Jesus did not happen, we of all men are most miserable and, and so don't don't fall for the foolishness that is out there and and then, two weeks the week after Easter, it came out that this same document had been released ten years previous and Everybody that knew anything about it knew it was a fake and nobody could figure out why this learned and great doctor would present this thing as being true the week before Easter. Uh, do I need to explain why that happened to anybody in this auditorium? You know, the devil is not giving up. His deception is out there and... Paul is warning the Thessalonians. He said, I don't want you to be shaken in mind. Uh, Ron Brown wrote his book, The Da Vinci Code. And and we had people coming in and say, "Uh, uh, are you going to preach a sermon on that?" that? Ron Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, does not merit an answer. It, it, it the only reason i mention it is because it's such an extreme example of what people do and how easy it is to scare people ron brown's book is total uh if you look it up it's not listed in 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 um non fiction it's not listed in Historical records, it's listed as a novel, a work of fiction, because if he'd have done anything else, we could have sued him. And uh, because it, it is a total uh, blasphemy against Jesus Christ. He didn't even get his facts. He, he, was, he just picked and chose what he needed to make his story happen. We, we don't answer people like that. Because that to even answer someone like that is to give credence to what they say. You see, someone had written a letter to the Thessalonian church and signed Paul's name to it and said, Jesus has already come. We're in the middle of the tribulation period and you guys missed it. Now, that'd be pretty scary, wouldn't it? Now, remember... The book of Revelation is still 50 years down the road. It hadn't been written yet. Uh, They did not have a complete copy of the Bible like you and I have. Uh, They may have had some uh, through some of the um, Jewish believers. They may have had parts of some of the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, They certainly would have had the first letter Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. Uh, they they would not have had very much scripture here, and so as Paul is is beseeching them, he said, "Listen, Jesus is coming. we have a hope of being with him in eternity now don't give up on Bible doctrine don't give in don't allow your mind to be Shaken. I mean, we still use this phraseology today. Wow, that really shook me up. How many of you have said that? Well, Paul's saying here, don't do it. You remember the truths that I have given you, that, that you be not soon shaken in mind. You know, the devil works more by doubt than he does by actual opposition, doesn't he? What did he tell Eve? Did God really say you can't eat of the trees of the garden? Well, no. God said we could eat all the trees, but the one in the middle. We're not supposed to even touch it. Is that what God had said? Absolutely not. God said don't eat of it. You see what he was doing when we add to god's word why do we do that because we're doubting that god's word is enough are we together on that one it's because we're we're trying to think we're trying to we're trying to defend god uh, i'm not against apologetics but almost every person i've ever met who has really put a great emphasis on defending the Bible and answering the questions, has run off the rails somewhere in their ministry and in their life. I think we got to go back to the book of Proverbs where it says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou... Also be like unto him. And then what's the next verse say? Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. You see, if you get talking to the fools, you lose. You can't win. Now, I I would like to think that I have uh, some skill in... Uh, in the use of words and in communication and being able to put forth uh, thoughts clearly and, and, and succinctly from the Bible. But I will tell you, I do my absolute best not to be drawn into a debate with someone. Because that's not how the truth is found. You see, as I look out over the auditorium here... I don't see anyone holding a gun to another person saying, you're going to go to church or else. I don't see anybody holding a knife or threatening or or, or handcuffed together. You know, I'd, I'd like to believe you came here because you wanted to learn something from this book called the Bible. See, that's what our church is about. That's what church is supposed to be about. Amen? It, it's a choice. And... So what we want to do is we want to be careful. There's always somebody out there that is trying to shake up your mind, trying to plant doubts. Can you really trust that Bible? What makes that old King James Bible so different than everything else? Oh, that's what they say. You know what my answer is? God promised to preserve his words through David a thousand years before Jesus walked this earth. Jesus himself reaffirmed that not one jot nor one tittle would vanish or, or disappear from the law until all be fulfilled. It hasn't all been fulfilled yet, my friend. Now, if God promised to preserve that word, my question is where else are you going to find it? I think Tischendorf came up with 15,000 changes in his New Testament alone. Does that sound like a jot-and-tittle Bible to you? I met a preacher one time. He said, my Bible's not pickled. It's not preserved. Oh, he was trying to wax eloquent. I'm going, yeah, it must be spoiled then. Mine's not. Amen. Uh, You know something? If we're not careful the devil will shake your mind. He'll plant the seeds of doubt. How come you're so old-fashioned? Why can't you why can't you at least countenance and think about being part of this society because broad is the way. And why, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. I don't want to be a part of that. Sometime I'm going to have to borrow Brother Erickson's sermon. He's with the Lord now. But this is how he started it out. He said, some people call me narrow. I say, thank you very much. Oh, he's was, he was just a great preacher. I mean, you know, plagiarize some of them and I'll tell you where I get them when I plagiarize but uh, uh, I'll tell you it was just a great sermon yeah I am narrow because I want to be on the right road and if you're not careful you'll let your mind get shook there is so much wickedness out there it just seems like we're losing we're never going to win Uh, excuse me who's fighting the battle You or the Lord Jesus Christ? I wish we had twice as many people here in our church tonight as we do. Don't you? But who's building the church? Me or the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's supposed to be the Lord's church, isn't it? It, Didn't he promise that he would be the one that built it? And so we're we're going to take that at day and time we're not going to allow uh the doubts to come in our mind to be shaken and then then it says here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is not him. Now, he gives us a whole list of things. There's a lot that is said about spirit. You'll notice the spirit here is little s. So, uh, you see, and, and I, I, I say this often, so I don't, I hope you don't mind me repeating, but the world we live in is full of voices. It is full of spirits. We're told in 1 John to test them, to try them, to see whether they're actually of God or not. The Holy Spirit of God will only tell you things that you've already read in the Bible. That's why your daily Bible reading is so important. The Holy Spirit cannot help you if you don't put the Word in in the first place. He's not going to give you divine revelation that you already have in your hand and don't take time to read. That's why I want to challenge If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, by the way, How do you know if the Holy Spirit's power is active in your life? For the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and ye shall bear witness unto me. You see, is the only time we're bearing witness to Jesus when we're passing on a gospel track or witnessing? No, it's when we're walking down the street, it's every day of our life. We want the Holy Spirit to work in us. We want our lives to be different enough. You know, uh, when I was just a, a young man and just getting off to Bible college and all of this thing many years ago, uh, they had come up with a, a thing they called lifestyle evangelism. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody, they're just going to, they're going to know by the way I live. Well, I want to challenge you, lifestyle evangelism is just important as verbal confrontational evangelism. Because if you don't have both, you don't have either. But if all you're going to do is live the Christian life in private, I want to challenge you, you're not paying attention to the word of God. The Bible tells us we've got to do both. We've got to be faithful to the Lord. There are spirits out there that will put you in fear. Have you ever just been walking down the street, especially here in our wonderful, safe, and lovely city, and just felt like all of a sudden somebody's following me. Somebody's. And you start looking over and you're going to be cool like they do in the TV. You're going to stop and look in the reflection of the store window and see if you can pick them out. It, it only works in the movie, folks. Sorry. Uh, if somebody's really following you, they're, they're watching what you're doing. It, it, it only, it, don't pay attention to the TV set, all right? If God can't protect you, do you think you're going to? Fear. Spirits. Premonitions. Now, I, I love Christmas. And I I, I like, I just read uh, the, the uh, uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I read the book, the original. I, I have an e-copy of it. I just like that. Uh, I like the story. I like the fact that Ebenezer Scrooge changed. But do you know what the Bible says about that? If they won't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe someone that came from the dead. That's that's what the Bible says. So as long as you keep it as fantasy, it's not going to hurt you. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of spirits out there that want to put fear in you. Paul says, I don't want you to be soon shaken in mind. I don't want you to be troubled. I don't want you to be troubled by spirit. I don't want you to be troubled by word. There's always people acting so authoritatively. How many of you have heard someone say in, in the news media, uh, a lot of times when I'm driving around, running errands, I'll just turn on the news to keep track of what's going on, and they'll be playing this, and they'll, they'll, all of a sudden they'll come on. And, Anybody that believes that homosexuality is a sin is of the devil. Wow. I mean, that's pretty authoritative now, isn't it? I've heard them say that dozens of times in my lifetime on the radio. You know what? That's not true. Uh, I already know what the Bible says. Don't allow someone... uh, I actually had a phone call. uh, Someone called up and they wanted to argue about where our church stands on certain doctrines and... Said, Well, the Bible talks about stoning your wife if she talks back to you. And I'm going, Whoa, wait a minute. And I couldn't stop myself. I just laughed. I said, I'm sorry, the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. But that's what people they think they know what the Bible says. And and I said, Now just a minute. Did you never read in the Bible what Jesus said to the woman who was taken in adultery in the very act? Neither do I condemn thee, go thou in sin no more." I said, you know that's what our church is about is we're trying to help people fight sin in their lives. Amen. don't be troubled. Don't, don't allow the world to get to you, to get under your skin, to, to, uh, to shake your mind by word, by spirit, nor by letter as from us. You know, the devil's not afraid of forgery. I mean, he's, that's just a different form of lying. And someone wrote a letter to the church Saying, you missed the return of the Lord. You're in the tribulation period. It's too late for you. Everything is happening. And the joys of the Lord And Paul says, Wait a minute. I'm begging you. I'm beseeching you. By the coming of our Lord. Which hasn't happened yet. By our gathering together. Are we together with the Lord in the air? Well then it hasn't happened yet, has it? That's what Paul's telling the Thessalonians, the people in that town. Amen? It's been a long week. The Thessalonians. I'll get it out. And uh, so, he tells them, verse 3, Let no man deceive you. The day of Christ is not at hand. Jesus has not returned he has not set up His kingdom, and you missed it. There's a lot of things that got to happen yet. And you see, this is one of the reasons we believe in the pre-tribulational, pre return of Christ. If anyone talks to you and says that they do not believe in the pre-millennial return of Christ, you just mark it down, they do not believe in a literal understanding of their Bible at all. They have turned away from the structure of the words of this book because that's the only way you can get to a post-millennial return of Christ or an amillennial where Jesus doesn't really return. Uh, You have to destroy the structure of the words of this book in order to get that. Then we get into the others. We have the pre-tribulation, the mid-tribulation, and the post-tribulation. Now, the only problem is the book of Revelation tells us everything that happens during the tribulation period. And if we do not know when Jesus is coming back, hello? How are we supposed to ignore what we already know from the Bible when it starts happening. If the Antichrist were to show up, if he were to stand up upon the pulpit of this world, and the Pope falls down and worships him and says, this is Jesus, and the chief rabbi in Israel comes up and says, our Messiah has come, I lead all the Orthodox Jews to worship him. What would you and I be doing? Antichrist, Antichrist, that's not the real one. Wouldn't I'd be doing that, wouldn't you? If someone showed up unlike Benny Hinn and started doing real miracles, what would we say? Antichrist, that doesn't prove you're Jesus. that proves you're the Antichrist, because that's the next guy that's going to show up doing miracles. Are we together on this? Well. How in the world is that going to happen if we're here to tell everybody that he's the fake one? See, it's not going to happen that way. Jesus is going to come, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to be out of here. And this is what Paul is doing here. He's going through, and he says, listen, let no man deceive you by any means. Not by letter, not by... Uh, word not by spirit don't be shaken in your mind by the things they do and say because there has to come a falling away first a general apostas apostizing of the world a general leaving of the faith how does that happen the church gets taken out we live in a wicked world don't we could you imagine how wicked this world would be if there were no, not one true church of Jesus Christ functioning on the face of this earth? Could you imagine how crazy this city would get overnight if there was no one to tell them that they're wrong? So that's what's going to happen you see, then the man of sin is going to be revealed. Now, we do not know the exact timing of all these events, but we believe that uh, if if we uh, read the book of Daniel, and you may want to read Daniel chapter 7 and 9, uh, we're we're not going to be able to spend a lot of time there tonight because we need to keep moving to, to cover our text that we're working on here. But, It tells us that this Antichrist, when he is revealed that he's going to exalt himself against God, that the people of God are going to be given into his hands, it says he's going to wear out the saints of God in Daniel chapter 7. Now, what did Jesus say about his church? He said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, we have an apparent contradiction here if the church is here during the tribulation period and the antichrist can wear out the saints of God he can prevail against them in fact the word in daniel is prevail then we got a problem but if we have this thing called the rapture first Thessalonians chapter 4 before the tribulation starts then everything fits perfectly in the scope of what God says is going to happen and so as we read on here it says who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God if you've ever heard the term the abomination of desolation This is what it is. If we understand our Bible correctly and we believe that we do, the temple in Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt. Well, what's going to happen to the mosque of Omar? The Dome of the Rock, the, the second or third most holy place in Islam, stands right there on the Temple Mount where the Jewish temple needs to be rebuilt. Well, that temple that mosque was built about 900 AD less than 300 years after the time of Muhammad You know what it just wouldn't take much of an earthquake at all to make that thing go poof. just the thought does God need to use an earthquake to make that happen no we we don't know what's going to happen but I'll tell you this. That temple's going to be rebuilt. The priests in the land of Israel are practicing today. They've already made the garments. They're trying to breed the red heifer. They are trying to fulfill all of these things. You know what the Antichrist is going to do? The trigger, the Antichrist, read Daniel chapter 9. He's going to renew the covenant for a week. You talk about peace in the Middle East. The Antichrist will have Islam agreeing to the Jews rebuilding their temple. Now that will be a miracle, wouldn't it not? But that's the kind of miracles that the Antichrist is going to work so that the world believes that he is Jesus Christ. Do you remember what Jesus said about the Antichrist? He said, if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. It is not that he's going to step onto the stage and say, Ah, the Jesus in the Bible is a fake. I'm the real one. Oh, come on. Sung Young Moon tried that. Did it work very well for him? No. He's going to claim to be the returned Jesus Christ of the Bible. And we won't be around to point our fingers and say, that's not you. You're the liar. And the world is going to believe him. And he is going to work miracles, real miracles, just like Jesus did. And when he opposes and exalteth himself, it's because he is claiming To be Jesus Christ. The Antichrist is not opposed to Christ. He is imitating Christ. He is claiming to be the very Christ. In verse 5, Paul says, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things? Paul had done a great deal of teaching in Thessalonica. He had helped them understand by the way, if you'll turn over just a few pages to Second Timothy chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 16. It says, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eateth, doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth of erred, saying that the resurrection is past already... And overthrow the faith of some, nevertheless, nevertheless, the foundation of God stand ashore having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, here is the test of real Christianity. Can you live it? Are you living it? You see, Jesus didn't give us a Bible to be argued about in theological circles. He gave us a book of practical Christian living. Every answer that we need to live this life is in the words of this book called the Bible. Every solution that you and I need to see our way clear, to walk through this life, right there in those pages. And so, Paul is giving them a history... And he says, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of, com- of His coming, even Him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So, we have Paul explaining something to us. It's called the mystery of iniquity. How can a person do... So much these wicked things that people do today how How can a man kill his own family members? How can someone get a gun and boxes of ammunition and rent a hotel room and just start shooting people out of the hotel room like they did in Las Vegas a little while ago? How can an army psychiatrist walk into the use his uniform and his place of trust to go around and murder his fellow service people like happened in Alabama a while back. How how in the world can someone be so messed up to do these things? Oh, it's real easy. You just get in tune with the devil and he'll make it happen you know we had a real turn in our cinema in the late 50s and early 60s as people begin to try to plumb the depths of psychology and oh he can't help himself he was he his parents hated him and he hated himself and no it's not any of that foolishness at all here's what it is You allow your mind to be shaken and removed from God's word. What are you going to trust? You know, I'll challenge you. If you want to know the first real sign of mental sickness. It's when you cannot trust anyone else's opinion or word about anything. It all has to be through you. I've had a lot of people call me over the years. I, I think they must have the church yellow pages in the phone booth at the psych wards, uh, because they'll just go through and they'll start, uh, flipping through and I'll, I'll get phone calls and, uh, yeah, this is, and, oh, hi, again. Uh, I told you I wasn't going to talk to you until you went on the website and listened to at least one sermon. He said, I said, you haven't done that. Well, I'll be honest with you. I just don't want you to hang up on me. I said, now you listen here. I said, if you don't have enough respect to listen to one sermon, I I don't have time to talk to you. And then he started asking foolish questions. And I said, you know what? Your time's up. Bye. You can't do it. You can't help people who are trusting in the devil and in their own heart to be the final arbiter of truth. You see, here's, here's what's happening. The mystery of iniquity is working. But what is holding back the power of sin in this world? The Holy Spirit of God. Amen. He is working. That's why it's important to assemble together as a church. We're we're not pulling the power of the Holy Spirit. No, no, it doesn't work that way. But when we are obedient, it slows down the work of sin. You go to certain places and there's a good church on nearly every corner. In a town, I, I think of Oklahoma City. I remember uh, now Springfield, Missouri, is no longer this way. When I was a student there 30-some years ago, they gave me a list of 52 churches that, as a student at Baptist Bible College, I could choose to become a member of. They said, now "Here's the church list. You can pick anything on the church uh, on the list here and go to church." And I just went, "You gotta be kidding me!" Well, this isn't all the churches, but these are the ones that work with the school and, and we want you to choose one. I'm sitting there, there aren't that many churches in Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area where I grew up. And Springfield's only got, at that time, maybe 100,000 people. I said, this is crazy. And I started praying then, Lord, send me back east where there aren't a lot of churches. We. I counted one Sunday morning on the way to church, I counted 21 other independent Baptist church buses that we crossed paths on the way to church on Sunday morning. And then there was a a Church of Christ and Assembly of God church as well. So, I mean, it was 23 buses taking people to church. I'll tell you what, we don't have that problem out here now, do we? And... What we're trying to do is we're understanding that the mystery of iniquity works, but it's the Holy Spirit that's stopping him. He is now letting, and he's going to continue to let or stop until he be taken out of the way. How's that going to happen? Called the rapture. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the work, uh, working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. I think it was back in the early 70s, they made a series of movies, The Thief in the Night. Does anybody remember those things? And Distant Thunder and The Mark of the Beast. And, and the problem with those movies is their hero, the center person of the whole thing, was a woman who had heard the gospel and refused to get saved. And she wakes up and the raptures happen. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says is going to happen if you've re- refused the truth of Jesus Christ and the rapture happens. You're going to believe in the Antichrist. This is what it's talking about here in this passage. It says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You are under an obligation to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, today is the day of salvation. If you turn your back on the Lord Jesus Christ now when the Holy Spirit is working, when when the powers of the devil are being held at bay, before that wicked is uh, is made plain and the world begins to worship him. If you refuse to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes, you will believe in the Antichrist. Because he is going to be so good. I, I want to tell you something, the Antichrist is not going to be a liberal. He, he, uh, politically speaking, or fiscally speaking. He's not going to promote. Uh, the Democrats are, are going to be so upset when the Antichrist shows up. Uh, because he is going to be promoting things that are real and things that will work and will help people. He's going to be trying to eradicate. He's going to look so much like Jesus. Some people years ago said, Bill Clinton's got to be the Antichrist. I said, do you think somebody would confuse him with Jesus? you got to be kidding me. Now, when the Antichrist shows up, he is going to be so good that he would deceive anyone. That's why you're under an obligation to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Not at your convenience. Not, not when you have a, 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 a proper time and you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our, our time is, is up here. And so, uh, I just want to touch on one thing here. Verse 15, therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now sometimes we, we get caught up in the word tradition. Christmas is a very traditional time of year. And uh, not all traditions are bad. Some of them just happen to be Bible. Uh, We have a tradition around here. It's called believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the only way you get saved. Amen? And once you're saved, we have a second tradition. You need to get baptized. Baptized. And then once you're baptized, we got another one. You need to you need to become a member and serve God in His church. I had someone once say, "Well, I want to I want to get saved, and I, I'm willing to be baptized, but I really don't like this organized religion thing." I said, "Well, you have to go get baptized somewhere else, my friend, because baptism here has some strings attached to it. It, it tells us that we need to be connected." and responsible and serving in the church. Paul was thankful in chapter 1 for the Thessalonians and all of the things that they endured. In chapter 2, he's saying, I want you to do some things. I don't want you to be shaken in mind. I don't want you to be troubled. I I don't want you to be troubled by spirit. I don't want you to be troubled by word. I don't want you to even be troubled by a, a fake Bible, a fake letter. With my name signed on it. Because I didn't sign it. He says, you need to know there's some things that have to happen before the Lord Jesus comes back. But until Jesus comes back, how about you get busy living the things that you already have. And all God's people said, let's pray.